Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Don Marsh. The Matthews Dickey Boys and Girls Club in St. Louis is a revered institution that has helped thousands of young St. Louis men and women get their lives off to a good start. The story of how it started and how it succeeded is an inspiring one, and the names of people who are involved at all levels reads like a who's who of St. Louis for the past 60 years. And read about it you can in the book, I Trust You With My Life. Author Dick Weiss tells the story of club founders Martin Matthews and Dickie Ballantine of the people who helped and those who were helped along the way. With me in studio are Martin Matthews and Dick Weiss. Gentlemen, thanks so much for being with us. Great to be here. Thanks for having us. Martin, Math- Martin Matthews, it's always a pleasure to see you. Congratulations on the book and telling a, a good story so well. It's great to have you. Thank you. But let me point out something. I think, I think it's important for people to realize that the Matthews Dickey Boys and Girls Club is about much more than sports, isn't it? That's correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Explain. Bible of the Constitution is where we, we were founded on. It's what? I'm sorry? It was founded on the Bible and the Constitution. Uh, it's, it's about values. That's correct. Right. You had indicated at some point, as I read in, in uh, the book, that uh, games were just bait. <laughs> That's correct. Yeah, you bait them and you bring them in, and then you can teach them what you want them to do. You want to get their attention. What did you want to teach them specifically? Well, how to live in a great country, you know. And if you, if you in America, if you do two things, if you treat others like you want to be treated— and then you decide what we want to do. We want to, not I, you, or they, we. And that's what we do. And that's what most, you know, if you got a ball team, we win, not I, you, or they, we. The, the preface of the book begins with uh, one of the important facets of, of your approach to things, and that is trust and the importance of trust. And that takes you all the way back to your very beginning, doesn't it? That's correct, you know, trust. And that came from my mother and father, which trust my my doctor at that time to name me Martin Luther. And so anytime you grew up in 1925 and, and a German doctor come and see you, said, look, I want to name you Martin Luther. So they had trust in him and that him named me. So for, for my life, all along while the doctor was there, he, anything I needed, he'd take care of it because he trusted me and uh, we trusted him. Martin Luther Matthews. That's the full moniker. That's correct. Dick, uh, explain the title for me. Well, I trust you with my life is really just how the kids at uh, Matthew Dickey Boys Club uh, and later the Girls Club felt about Mr. Matthews. They trusted him. They loved – they would come over to his home and sit on his porch and wait – actually wait for him to come home from work uh, and – listen to him talk about life. They just loved being around him, and uh, uh, he, he uh, always spent time with them. He would pretend th- uh, that they were bothering him or getting in the way of what he needed to do, but he would, uh, he would always spend time with them. And that, uh, for, for kids who were growing up, uh, most, many of them had moms and dads, but they were busy working a couple of jobs, sometimes three jobs. And so they didn't always have their parents around, and Mr. Matthews was a father figure to them. Martin, I, I think that it must have been a nuisance <laughs> at some occasions. Was it? Well, it was and it wasn't because the need was there. You know, when the, when the young people could be show up their house for something that they wasn't able to get at home or school in the streets, so I was able to supply that. And I think that's what 
I was able to do, and my life was built around that. Well, that gave the kids what they didn't find at home, what they didn't find at school or either in the streets good. And so, therefore, mostly all the kids went on to to be outstanding citizens. One of the most important factors of the club was that it did keep kids off the streets, kept them busy, and if parents were working, uh, they knew where their kids were. That's correct, and that's what you always want to do, have a safe environment and where they trust you and you trust them, and that's why you have to build that trust. Uh, Dick, you talked to an awful lot of people in doing research for this book. What, what did you learn? Well, I have to tell you, Don, this was my most favorite project in my life. And uh, when I first connected uh, to the Matthews Dickey uh, Club, um, we did, you know, put together a little contract that called for me to interview a couple dozen people. And Mr. Matthews would call me and says, well, I need you. You should talk to this young man. Uh, of course, the young man was like 65, 70 years old. And when you're, when you're 92 going on 93, uh, everybody looks uh, young to you. But uh, I, I never said no because everybody he referred me to had a fascinating story. So I ended up interviewing like 75 or 80 people. And these stories were, were for me, a uh, white kid growing up in the suburbs, University yeah. City, uh, about the same time as many of the people I interviewed were revelatory. Uh, I just had no idea uh, the challenges that they faced and the obstacles that they overcame uh, to put together very successful lives. And so many of these kids uh, growing up went on to um, get into the helping professions just like Mr. Matthews and uh, teachers, social workers, and so on, and uh, they are uh, helping, just as Mr. Matthews is, they are helping another generation of, of kids make it in this world. I think you say in your book, uh, or, or someone said of it, that uh, probably more than a million kids have been helped, not not through the club per se, but by mm-hmm. the, the uh, exporting, if you will, of the, uh, the people who went through the club and then went on to bigger and better things. Yeah, you know, I, I did my due diligence uh, when, when uh, that fir- that million figure uh, was given to me. He says, well, how ma- I said, how many kids uh, has the club helped? And they said a million. I said, well, that can't possibly yeah. be because there are only a, you know, a couple of thousand in a given year. And it's been in business, uh, you know, 50 plus years. And then – but then when you look at the – what the ripple success, effect. What, three generations yeah. have gone through this. Uh, it becomes exponential uh, because these uh, folks have helped people. And, and it isn't just the people who go into the uh, helping professions. They're bankers and they're uh, business people too, but they give back in their own way. And uh, so I, I think uh, you can justify that million figure pretty easily. Martin Matthews, when you look back and, and uh, recognize all these people that have been helped through your efforts, what, what kind of thoughts go through your mind? Well, a lot of times thoughts through my mind because all the places I could have went and did it, I passed them up, you know. Passed up being a multimillionaire's son. Uh-huh. Passed up going to Fortune 500 company where they had 23 positions for me in order to stay to St. Louis. And I look at that and I say, well, why shouldn't I did it? Then I look at that, well, out of all the people I was able to touch and People walk up on the streets and see me and said, thank you for being with Matthew Dickey. It made me think I made the right decision. Uh, 
What what got you started on this path in the first place? Well, a man named A.C. Anderson who helped me when I first got married, I was having trouble finding me a place. And so he let me live with him. I lived with him until I was able to save enough money to buy my own house. And he remembered that because when I did get my own house, I was there cutting my lawn one day, and he sent his grandson over to tell me to come over to his house. So I go over to his house, and he was laying in bed and had a stroke and said he had 30 kids he wanted me to help him with because he felt that uh, I need to come and help him because he felt I was the right person. So what I said to him, yes, but I really didn't want to because I had promised my wife I was going to get out of sports because I was a semi-pro ball player, traveled a lot. But looked at him, thought about what he had did for me and gave me opportunity, and I said yes. So I taken him for, I said yes, that was on Tuesday. On Friday, I get home one day with three boys sitting on my steps. I said, what do you guys want? He said, we need $25 to get in the Cory League. I said, what? <laughs> and so I just had cashed my check. My check was about $57 at that time. and that, But I gave them that $25, and they went on and got in the Cory League. And they did so well and really trusted me, and I trusted them. And that's what got me hooked. I couldn't get out. That that wasn't the only time you dug into your own pocket to to help out the boys and help out the uh, the whole process, was it? No, it wasn't. Once you get involved, you have to do whatever was needed. They always come by, you know. Like we wanted to to do something. I wanted to get new uniforms, so I had to go in my pocket to do that. Whatever you needed, you would always. The kids need something, you know. When the parents weren't able to do it, so I always went in my pocket and did it. Both these gentlemen, uh, Mr. Matthews and Mr. Dickey, as he was called, took out second mortgages on their homes to finance this team. And and, uh, Mr. Matthews is right that he was offered jobs at other places, and he could have climbed the corporate ladder and been very successful. Mm -hmm. Instead, he stayed in St. Louis, and he had to not only – he worked two jobs along with the coaching – and uh, he was a doorman on uh, uh, a building on Skinker Boulevard, <laughs> one of those jobs, and a uh, night doorman. And uh, w- one of the fun stories ab- about that was that uh, he was named a Humanitarian of the Year by the St. Louis Globe Democrat. And uh, the people, you know, were subscribers to that newspaper in that building. And I think <laughs> our night doorman is Humanitarian of the Year. And they all came down and, uh, you know, for the uh, festivities to, to honor him. Uh, so he was so uh, admired just in, in, any, in any place that he went. There, remember that Sarah Lee commercial, Nobody oh, sure. Doesn't Like? Right, Sarah Lee. Nobody right, Doesn't Like Mr. Matthews. And you're still getting a kick out of that story, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> yes, because that was something. You know, you had all the powerful people in Ills lived in there, and then they were all at the Chase Hotel at that time. That time, it was hard to even go to the Chase Hotel, but they was all there to watch me get that award. And when Duncan Marmon gave me that award, probably that was one of the greatest things in my life outside of the President of the United States coming and award me. Yeah, that was yeah. great. Well, you know, when Mr. Matthews got to St. Louis, it was the Jim Crow era, oh, sure. and there were places that African Americans could not go. And Chase, the Chase is the right Chase, there. Chase yeah. was, right, was right there among them. And he would uh, – the, the thing that is uh, so interesting and admirable about what he did is he crossed the Del Mar Divide as we now uh, know it 
back and forth, and he made friends with anybody, no matter what color they were, and uh, he had uh, uh, people who would, on the right and the left, uh, supporting him. He had the the, uh, grace and the wisdom to know how to talk to people in a way that they felt comfortable with, and uh, uh, he never played politics. He, he was just it was all about the the boys and the girls they must have felt comfortable because over the years they doled out a lot of cash to the Matthews <laughs> boys and girls club didn't they that's correct you know when you was able to one probably gives me more than anything when uh, Chuck Knight I'm sure you'd remember him oh yeah he decided he was going to raise the funds for me to be able to move from the storefront to where we at and uh and he questioned me. He said, well, how much money you got after you decided to do that? And I was fortunate uh, to save the money and had $147,000 in 1979 because of all the great people of this city who was donating to help me transfer from a storefront to the facility we have. And later he had the president of the United States come down and said, look, I wanted you to be a model for the country because I've been everywhere seed everything, but this is the greatest place I've ever been. So that make me feel good and feel that I made the right decision not to accept all those great offers I had. Well, I remember that uh, visit by President Ronald Reagan. I think it was 1982. I was there. There's a great story that comes there. out of that that I'd like to mention, too, but we have to take a break. We'll do that now. We're talking with Martin Matthews, the co-founder of the Matthews Dickey Boys and Girls Club here in St. Louis. Dick Weiss has written about this uh, club and the man, Martin Matthews, and many people who are behind the success of the organization. The author of the book, I Trust You With My life. If you'd like to get into the conversation, we'd love to hear from you. Give us a call at 382-8255. That's 382-TALK. Send us an email if you'd like to talk at stlpublicradio.org. Or if you prefer to send a tweet, we'll take that as well at STL on air. This is St. Louis on the air on St. Louis Public Radio 90.7 KWMU. And welcome back as we continue our conversation with Martin Matthews and Dick Weiss. Dick, I'll turn to you very quickly. I mentioned the Ronald Reagan visit here. The funny story concerns a, a friend of all of ours, Bill Wilkerson, the late Bill Wilkerson, and a former broadcaster and well-known, obviously. But you tell the story. Yeah, well, uh, Bill Wilkerson is uh, one of the uh, uh, the MC for this event, and um, he was uh, uh, for uh, – President Reagan's visit to the Boys Club, and uh, President Reagan was uh, in the back of the room and was um, not able to get up to the podium at the uh, appointed time, and a bill needed to, to vamp a little bit. And uh, you're not uh, protocol says you are not supposed to go to the podium after the presidential seal has been affixed, and yet Bill has to do something. So he gets up there and for a moment, uh, perhaps uh, uh, presaging what was to come, Bill Wilkerson looks 
to be the president of the United <laughs> States. <laughs> and uh, so he he loved telling that story. And I was uh, fortunate enough. I talked to Bill. I it wasn't you know several months before he died, and he he's just uh, laughing and remembering that story. And as it. Uh, as so many others were just uh, loved uh, working with the club and with Mr. Matthews and uh, and uh, Mr. Dickey, who died, uh, I guess, about 15 years ago now. Yeah. Um, there, there was a picture taken of him behind that seal, and he yeah. loved that. I think it was on the front page of the the Globe or the Post, yeah. or perhaps even both. Did you remember that, uh, that story, Martin Matthews? Yes, I did, because uh, what happened, Ronald Reagan was trying to come in, and uh, and all the people were wanting to shake hands with him, and and so uh, he was he was delayed, and so the people who got him who was carrying, come on and, and kill time. So Bill went up there and got that. The odd thing, <laughs> you know, people don't realize that uh, when Ronald Reagan uh, was going to come to Matthew Dickey, uh, they 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 sent twenty three Secret Service guys, spent six weeks with me, checking oh. me out there in and out. I had lunch with them and supper, everything for six weeks, and so. At the end, they asked me, said, you have anybody that we could trust to be the MC?" So Bob Holland had always gave me uh, uh, the Hi- right. Highland of Camo X, I Yeah, he it. always wound up giving me the person for that. So Bill Wilkerson was always the person he would. When I need somebody, I said, what about Bill? I said, Man. so the Secret Service, give me his address. So they went out and checked Bill out. They come back and say, he's the right man. So that's how Bill wound up getting that job because they had thousands of people would want that job, but Bill was dedicated enough. Regardless of what we did, he always was at MC for us. And let me uh, add something in terms of the significance of that event, and that is that um, uh, although Mr. Matthews was, I guess you would say, the needy figure in this thing, he needed the attention brought to his club and the, and the, and the donations. But at that time, President Reagan needed Mr. Matthews almost as much because he was not popular uh, with African Americans. And uh, by uh, standing alongside somebody, uh, an eminent person in this community, an African American, uh, he uh, was able to sort of bathe in that glow. And that was the magic of the Matthews Dickey. Boys Club, that they were able to bring together people on the right and people on the left. And, you know, Mr. Ballantine's family was they were very vociferously on, on to the left. And uh, uh, they had, uh, you know, the street cred. And uh, uh, Mr. Uh, President Reagan benefited from that. Well, both sides benefited. And that's yeah. always good when it works for, it works for both. How did you and uh, Dickie Ballantine get together? Well, I'd you ask me that because both of us played semi-pro ball in our lifetime. And so I had a couple of teams, and I was always going and practice about two blocks away from where he practiced. And But I had to let my wife have my car because uh, in order to keep her quiet, and so I had to, <laughs> 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 had, had to walk from public stadium over to my house, and that, that was two blocks. And so I would get tired, so I happened to stop one day to watch Mr. Dickey, he was practicing his team. He looked up at and saw me. One day he came up there and he said, uh, my name is Dickey Valentine, and I told him my name, and we got talking. And we found out that both was having the same problem. We had to turn kids away. You'd have hundreds of kids come and want to get on the team, 
So I only could have 30, and he could only have 15. So we come with a great idea. Why can't we have a boys club like they are in South St. Louis? We didn't realize the cost and the time it's going to take us. And so I forgot about it. That was in uh, late July. In late October, I get a call one night, 1 o'clock at night. I said, Matt? Yeah. I said, this is Dickie. I said, yeah. I thought of the name for the boys club. I said, what? He said, I better just name it Matthew Dickey. I said, I don't care what we name it, and hung up on him because I had to be up at 5 o'clock and go to work the next day. So that's how I got the name Matthew Dickey under shade tree and 1 o'clock at night. I understand uh, from uh, Dick's book that uh, that now, now you say in the book that it's Ballantine, but everybody else is pronouncing it Ballantine. Ballantine, Ballantine yeah. Ballantine is what? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, um, and I've just lost my train of thought of where I was going with that. Oh, well, the, the family the family was really kind of upset that it wasn't Matthew's Ballantine. Well, I think uh, the family would, would, didn't know what they were doing because he didn't realize uh, Mr. Ballantine's got his name from a, a ball player that played with the, uh, with the Yankees. Yankees. So, therefore, the man who who was his coach, said, you know, you're not a, uh, you're not a Dickey Ballantyne. You, you, could be, you could be a Dickey who played because Ballantyne never did anything in baseball. Dickey was the guy because Mr. Ballantyne was a pretty good ball player. So that's how he got his name, Dickey. He loved it, and he didn't want to come up with the name. Right. He was, Dickey. he was comfortable with that name. But, you know, you, if you're the family you, and you're Ballantyne, well, the legacy, you want to be remembered that way. And sure. so some family members were, you know, feeling a, a little bit bad about that. What was interesting about these two gentlemen was they were so different in outlook. Uh, uh, Mr. Dickey was a very proud uh, uh, African-American, and he studied the history, and he was very much about self-help, uh, a little bit like Malcolm X mm-hmm. uh, in, in, that, in that sense. And... Uh, uh, he he didn't like going into the white community and asking for money. He mm-hmm. thought we should all help ourselves and lift ourselves yeah. up. And uh, uh, but uh, uh, Mr. Matthews was he says, well, I'm just trying to help the kids any way I can, and I will ask anybody for uh, anything if it will help. And so they were kind of a little bit Mr. Inside, Mr. Outside, and uh, they they worked together very well as a, a prosperous uh, uh, relationship, but they were very different uh, folks. And Mr. Mr. Dickey didn't even have an office at the at the club when they built the headquarters. He just said, I just want to coach the boys. That's all I want to do, and I don't want to do, get involved in all this PR. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Martin Matthews, what was your technique? Uh, you were very successful, as we've indicated, in, in raising money. It seemed like people couldn't say no. Well, I'd, I'd like to know how you did it. I might want to try it myself sometime. <laughs> well, like I said, I was born when a Dr. Turner named me Martin Luther. So, therefore, he anything I needed, anything when I grew up in that little small town, if you need to go to the doctor, need anything, you don't need any clothes, anything. So, therefore, it gave me here that you never judge people by the color of their skin. You judge them by the contents of their character. And that's what I live by my life. You judge people by the contents of their character, not the color of their skin. I'll tell you something else. That, uh, the special sauce, as far as I could see, mm-hmm. was this. He would not. He, he, he would go to anybody 
And he would say, what can I do for you mm-hmm. first? Uh-huh. And there isn't anybody who doesn't need something, including privileged, wealthy people. And he would listen and he would he would follow through on every promise he made and any connection or networking that he could do for somebody. And so when it came time for him to ask for a donation, uh, he had put in an investment and he, all he did was make a withdrawal. Well, there's where the trust issue comes in uh, once again. We've got a caller here I'd like to bring into the conversation. Let's bring in Kevin calling from Clayton. Kevin, thanks for waiting. You're on the air. Yes, um, I'm calling on behalf of, like I said, I was a member of Matthew um, Dickey's back when it started on Natural Bridge and close to Marcus to show you how far back that was. And even before then, there were guys before me. But I want to let Mr. Matthew know that I definitely appreciate him and a lot of other coaches. I played with Coach Borns and John Albert. I'm pretty sure he know those guys. And yeah. you treated every kid like you knew everyone. All those kids that was at the, you know, play baseball, basketball, whatever sport, you treated everyone the same and as if you knew everyone. So I want to let you know that I appreciate your dedication along with all the other coaches at Matthew Dickey, all the way from Natural Bridge until we moved up on King's Highway, and we got the green practice jerseys when Ronald Reagan came in. <laughs> so you know I know, Mr. Matthew. There you go. You're the right man. I let you know that I appreciate you, and you was like a father to all of us, and I'm so glad that they're acknowledging you today. Thank you. Thank you. Do you hear a lot, a lot from the graduates or, or former members of the club? Yes, everywhere I go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. There's so many uh, alums who say, Mr. Matthews is the greatest man I have ever met. I mean, here and there, you might hear that about somebody, yeah. but to hear it over and over again, that, you know, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, the, the book is filled, filled with that, clearly. I, uh, Linda Jones has, uh, I, I guess, sent us an email or a tweet. Linda Jones, former girls program director from 90 to 95, quote, she says, Please give my regards to Mr. Matthews for his years of service and sincere concern for the youth and families in the community. I know firsthand many participants gained much and have become great contributors to the community as well. That's from Linda Jones. Boy. Yeah. You know, women have played a big role throughout the, the, the history of the club, but it was only 2001 when the club was expanded to include them as, as members. It took a long time. How come? Well, at night, we always had girls there but didn't have the funds to do it. And I, I, I made, me, made me think about a couple of things there. One time, uh, a guy named Big Charlie Ruprecht, he's dead and gone, but he came to me and said, I got to want to take you to lunch. And he pulled out a book. He said, I've been reading a book. said, mostly African-American girls going to get pregnant before they graduate from high school. I want to know what can be done about that. And he said, would you take that over? I said, well, that's a lot of money. Probably $100,000 probably would make me want to think about it. He said, well, I'm not going to agree to do anything, but I'll let you know. Two weeks' time, he brought 20 women out there, and they all had $5,000 apiece. And so we started the girls' club there with that. But as indicated, uh, the women had been influential in the club for many years before that, behind the scenes uh, primarily. Behind the scenes, but we never had a lot of money to be able to, to bring them out because it's always the Mother's Club was my success. It helped me do all the great things, but we never could get the money until we had Big Charlie Rubrick pull that book mm-hmm. out. 
And we uh, should mention Barbara Washington, who uh, came along and uh, built the uh, fundraising for for the girls uh, in particular, uh, created a sheer elegance uh, fashion show yeah. that attracted hundreds and thousands of people. And uh, Christine Buck was uh, involved in that. Um, Karen and, Foss. Uh, yeah. And, Wendy uh, Weiss. Wendy mm-hmm. Weiss, right. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it became a, a, an annual extravaganza. And uh, uh, that was... Um, that helped as well. The, the uh, toward the end of the book, uh, Dick, and I'm putting this to uh, to Mr. Matthews here. You were asked if uh, you would do, do it all over again, and you said you wouldn't. <laughs> I think that surprises a lot of people. Well, what you go through in order to be able to do this, people don't realize what you do. You know, you heard the trials and tribulations. That's what you go in there, you know, and so you have to look at that, and that's why you have to look at. And you have to sum up, say, Jesus Christ. And not, you're not Jesus Christ, but you have to look what he went through in order to give people opportunity. And I think that's what kind of made me a little bit more glad because I said, you know, all the people I was able to help, even though I had to die my family and myself of all the things I should have done, but with people I helped, there's probably no, no other thing could have been taken at that place. When you look back over all those years, is there any one thing that stands out, your most important moment, most important memory perhaps? Well, my most important memory would be when the President of the United States gets out his car, shakes hands with you and says, look, I'm President of the United States. <laughs> then he goes and says, Clarity, you are a model for the country. I want you to bring all your staff to Washington, D.C. So as they advice, I was able to take it for your guests at Washington, D.C. That's one standout with me. Were you talking about President Reagan or President well, Wilkerson? Uh, President <laughs> Reagan. Well, I guess both. Yeah. President Reagan was, was the man. Mm-hmm. We have to wrap this up. Uh, Dick, where can people get the book? So you can go to itrustyouwithmylife.org, and uh, that I think that link will be on the St. Louis Public Radio definitely, uh, definitely website will in case be. you forget it. And uh, it costs 30 bucks a bargain because we were selling it for 100 so we took $70 off. Uh-huh. And uh, uh, on your, also on your website, uh, Don, there will be a link to uh, an article that I wrote about uh, how – uh, Mr. Matthews' legacy lives on, uh, kind of the cliff notes for the book, if you will, and uh, you can get that. And, and there'll be a piece uh, also in the St. Louis American this month uh, for Black History Month. Yeah. We should point out that $100 version of the book. It's the same book, but that was a fundraising. A fundraising uh, uh, thing, yes. That's, that's why it sold for, for $100. Feel free to, pay, to put in $100 <laughs> if you'd like. Is that okay with you, Martin Matthews? <laughs> well, I would care on the legacy after I'm gone, you know, because I invested so much in my life and what little money I had in order to, to do Matthew Dickey. But I appreciate everything, appreciate this great country and everything and that. So I can try to bring up a constitution we the people in order to form a more perfect union. So I feel that's what we're all about. Well, we all appreciate Martin Matthews, too, and the great work you've done over the years. And don't go away. Hang around for a while, won't you? Martin Matthews, thank you so much for being with us. Congratulations to you on all of your success and all of the accolades. Dick Weiss, thank you for being with us. Great book. Interesting read, filled with St. Louis history and St. Louis people you've read about for a good long while. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU.
Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.